You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Over the last seven weeks, we've been in a series called The Greatest Sermon of All Time, where we've been studying a sermon from Jesus that is known today as the Sermon on the Mount. It is the largest recorded teaching of Jesus in the entire Bible that covers three chapters, starting in Matthew chapter five, six, and seven. And some of the most famous things that Jesus ever said came from this sermon, things like the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer and the Golden Rule, you know, treat others the way that you would want them to treat you. In this message is where he says that you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. In this message is when he says things like turn the other cheek and go the second mile and love your enemies and so much more. And in my humble yet accurate opinion, this is the greatest sermon of all time. Just like Michael Jeffrey Jordan is the goat of basketball. Yeah, I said it. All you LeBron fans, don't at me, okay? Um, Just like Reese's eggs are the goat of Easter candy. The Sermon on the Mount is the goat of sermons. And today, I want to take a look at the very last thing that Jesus said in this famous sermon. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. These are words of Jesus. And listen to what he says. He says, therefore, after I've said all these things, keys player like Patty is up here playing. He's landing the plane. And Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, everything that he's just talked about in the last three chapters and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them in to practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand and the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. If you actually study the original language here, that word great crash, it doesn't mean that something just fell down. It literally means like utter ruin. And then in verse 28, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Today on this Easter Sunday, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, I think they're going to check when you get to heaven. If you, if you took notes in church, I just think joking. If you're taking notes, I want to talk over the next few minutes over this thought of what we all have in common. Every single one of us, no matter how you got here today, no matter what you've been through, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, today 
in a world that often wants to, to divide us. I want to talk about what we all have in common. Let's pray and let's ask God to speak to us today. God, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you for your word. And God, today we come in to this Easter service. And God, we want you to know the desire of our heart is not to go through some religious motions today. We do not want to just play church. God, we don't wanna walk out of this room the same way that we walked in. And God, the truth is, is that there's a lot of things happening in our life. There's a lot of things that can distract us over the next few minutes. But God, I pray in Jesus' name, would you help us focus on you? Would you help us to see you? Would you help us to hear you? And God, I ask that when we walk out of here, that we would be different, that we would be changed, that we would be forever different. And God, we just give you permission to speak right now. And God, I ask that you would literally give us revelation of the things of what we all have in common. We love you and we thank you for our risen King Jesus. And it's through him that we pray. And everybody said, amen. So how many of you, just by show of hands, that you would say that you like to build things? How many of you just wave at me? Come on, raise them up real high that you like to build things. How many of you would consider yourself handy? Like you, you are a handy person. You are trustworthy with tools. You are the person to do the job at the house. And uh, yeah, some of you, I, I want you to know I am not. Uh, I am the only one in my family that is not. Uh, my wife is handy. Um, my boys love to build Legos, and I am not good at any of that stuff. And um, But uh, one of the things that has happened this year in our church, which is actually a really amazing thing, is that earlier this year, our church opened up our very first facility. And we call it Queen City Church HQ, and it's right on the edge of OTR on the way downtown, right off Reading Road. And uh, we use this space for all ministry between Sundays, and it's also a team space for our team. And um, because we opened up this facility, I think it's very logical that we had to actually furnish this facility. Now, our goal as a church is to always be uh, good stewards, and so uh, we, we, were, we were furnishing with the budget, and, uh, and we always want to be economically responsible, and so I need your help with this one. So where do you go when you're trying to be economically responsible and you need to get furniture on a budget? You go to where? Ikea. Ikea. That's right. That's where we went. I'm glad that worked. <laughs> So it's like Walmart. Uh, no, no, Ikea. We go to, that's where we went. We went to Ikea. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Ikea, but the things don't come furnished. Like they, they don't come complete. They're, like these massive pieces of furniture fit in all these little tiny boxes that can fit in your Toyota Corolla. <laughs> and you can make it back home and um, and they just come in like really small boxes, so they're not assembled. And there's hundreds of pieces that you have to build yourself. So we ended up getting like a bunch of furniture for HQ. And so we got all the furniture. We went on the Ikea run, and we made it back. And we opened up all the boxes, and we organized all the different pieces. And, and we found the directions. 
And, and the directions, there's something very surprising about Ikea directions. And it's the fact that they literally do not have any words on the, on that. No words, none. I mean, it's the worst. It's like, well, just figure it out from the pictures and make sure that you know just by it's just pieces of wood and, and screws and arrows and these smiley cartoon men that are so excited to build that, but it is actually the worst. I'm fully convinced that there is a place in hell where you have to build Ikea furniture. <laughs> all day long. It's just like, hey, welcome to hell. Here's your, uh, here's your drawer that has 1,057 pieces and your little tiny Allen wrench to do it all. And, and oh, and, and here's your directions. It has no words. Good luck. Just do this for all of eternity. Um, it's talking about building things. And in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus, he ends this really famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, by sharing this extensive metaphor that's all about building. And when I read through these verses, I see that there's some things that we all have in common, that every single one of us, regardless of what our background is or regardless of what brought us here today or whether we're in the room or we're watching online, the truth is, is that when we read through these verses, Jesus says there's some things that we all have in common. In fact, there's three things that I see that we all have in common. And here's the first one. Number one is that I see that we are all building a house. We're all building a house. And in this metaphor, a, a house, it simply represents your life. So when Jesus says that we are all building a house, Jesus is literally saying that we're all building a life. And in these verses, Jesus describes two very different types of people. And the truth is, every single one of us fall underneath one of these two categories. First, he describes people that build their house on the rock. We see this in verse 24, where it says, therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and he puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, if you're like me, whenever I read the Bible and there's this metaphor, I always want to know, well, what does this metaphor mean? Because if Jesus says that wise people, and I want to be wise, put me in that category, like, I want to be wise. It says that wise people build their house, their life on a rock. So the question is, what is the rock? Well, in the Old Testament, King David, the second king of Israel, he, he prophetically writes these words in Psalm 118, verse 22. And here's what he wrote. He's, he wrote that the stone, the rock, that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And, and this is a prophetic message about the coming Messiah. Well, almost 1,000 years later, in Acts chapter 4, verse 11 in the New Testament, it says, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures. In Psalm 118, where it says that the stone, the rock, that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. So here's what we have to understand today, that in this extensive metaphor, the rock is Jesus. 
that the rock, just like we sang in that very last song of worship, that he is the firm foundation. Jesus is the rock, who he is, what he teaches, his way of life, that's who he is. And this verse, that it describes people who build their entire house, their entire life on Jesus. But here's what we have to understand today that Jesus, he just wasn't a good man. He just wasn't a guy that had some good morals and some good ethics. Like he was more than just, than just a good teacher or a good preacher or in the, or in the Jewish world, a good rabbi. He was so much more than that because Jesus, he is the perfect son of God. He is the savior. He is the Messiah. He is our Lord. And on top of all those things, he is our king. And that's the whole message of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's Jesus declaring himself as a king and he's rolling out his kingdom. But here's what we have to understand. It gets even better than that because he's not just any king because we've had kings before. We have kings right now. He's not just a king. The Bible says that he is the king of kings. So if you assemble all the kings together, he is the king over all those kings. But it gets even better than that. Because now, on this side of the cross, we know that he is not just the king of kings. He is the resurrected king of kings. And people who build their house on the rock are people who build their house on Jesus, on the resurrected king. So he describes people who build their house on the rock. Then. He shifts the focus and starts to describe people that build their house on sand. And we see this in verse 26, where he says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who has built his house on sand. Well, Jesus, I definitely don't want to be a foolish person. So what in the world is sand? Now, here's what we have to understand today, and this is one of the biggest things that I feel like as a pastor that I can invest into your life. I'm telling you, this is so important because if Jesus is the rock, everything else is sand. That is something that we have to get a revelation of today, that if Jesus is the rock, everything else is sand. And that includes some really good things, things like our relationships, our friendships, our marriage, our family, our kids, your job, your career, the, the business that you run, the, the money, possessions, the house, the status, the fame, the popularity. And by the way, let me just make this crystal clear. Please don't hear that those things are bad. Those things are not bad, but they are sand. And we have to understand that today because every single one of us are building our house, our life on one of those two things. We're either building our life on the rock, on Jesus, or we're building our life on sand, on everything else. And by the way, there's no third option. We all have that in common. We are all building a house. Here's the second thing I see, is that we are all, we will all experience storms. That is something that we all have in common that we will all experience storms. Now in this metaphor, um, 
storms, it simply represents the hard things in life, those things that we don't like. It's our bad days. And in verse 25, Jesus says this, talking about people that build their house on the rock, is that the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. So even when you build your house on the rock, you still experience those things. And then in verse 27, two verses later, talking about people that build their life on sand, it says the same thing. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. In other words, that every single person, including you and me, will go through storms of life, no matter what foundation you build on. You build your house on rock, storms are coming. You build your house on sand, storms are coming. And maybe you're here, you're like, Pastor Brian, come on, it's Easter Sunday. Can you just be more positive? You got it. I got you. I am positive that you will experience storms in life. Listen, at some point, we are all going to have to go through some things like an unexpected crisis, a terrible tragedy. Maybe at some point you're going to experience rejection, pain, heartbreak, the death of someone that you loved. Maybe you would experience health issues or an unexpected diagnosis from a doctor. Maybe unexplainable infertility or maybe sudden financial crisis that you never saw coming and that was out of your control. Maybe you will experience a job transition that you never saw coming. Maybe you get laid off. Maybe you don't get the job. Maybe you don't get the promotion. Maybe you have to move. Listen, there may be, there may, you may, parents in the room, you may go through a season where your kids go through a hard rebellious stretch. Listen, nobody is exempt from bad days. Nobody's exempt from going through hard things. And please, with everything that I have inside of me, do not buy into the lie that if you build your life on the rock of Jesus, that you won't have any bad days. And, and, and I'm telling you, that is a passion point for me as a pastor. I never want the message to come across like, hey, follow Jesus and your life will always be perfect. Because that's not what Jesus says. Like, don't get tricked into believing a lie that, hey, you follow Jesus and all of a sudden you're in like some spiritual protected bubble wrap that keeps the hard things of life from ever, from ever experiencing the hard things of life because that's not what Jesus says. In fact, here's what Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33. In this world, you will have trouble. Come on, isn't that a good promise from God's word today? Nobody gets a tattoo of that one. So encouraging. But that's in the Bible. That's the words of Jesus. He, say, he promises us that we're going to have some storms in life. But I also got some really good news is that he doesn't end there. Because he also says that in this world you will have trouble. And the very next thing he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And church, that is what we are celebrating today on Easter Sunday. The fact that he overcame the world. But please hear me. 
No one gets through this life untouched by storms. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter how much money that you have in your bank account. It doesn't matter what your education is and how many degrees you have hanging on the wall. It doesn't matter how high you've climbed the corporate ladder or how successful your business is. It doesn't matter how much you work out or how healthy you eat. If you're gluten-free, if you're dairy-free, if you're grain-free, if you're fun-free, it does not matter. It doesn't matter if you take all the vitamins and fish oils in the world. It doesn't matter if you plunge yourself into ice baths every single day. Listen, we will all experience storms of life. It is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And it's something that we all have in common. But here's the third thing that I see in these verses from Matthew chapter seven that we all have in common is that yes, we will all experience storms, but number three is that we will all experience storms based on how we build our house. And it's so important for us to realize that, is that we will experience those hard days based on how we build our house. Verse 25, talking about people that build their house on the rock, when, see, when they experienced storm, Jesus says, yet their house, it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And then two verses later, talking about people that build on, on sand, here's how they experienced those same exact storms, and it fell with a great crash. And by the way, I think that's the gift of the storm, is that the storm, it actually reveals how we're building our life. And it, it, it's, it's a very crystal clear way to know, am I building my life on the rock or am I building my life on something else in the sand? Because these verses point to the fact that the storm doesn't reveal what you built, but how you built it. That's what the storms do. The storms don't reveal what you built. They don't reveal that you have a house and a life, but how you are actually building that house and that life. Listen, you gotta get this today. We cannot choose if we experience storms, but the good news of this text is that we can choose how we experience storms. Let me put it this way, that you can't control the storm, but you can control how you build. And I'm telling you, as a control freak, I like that. I'm constantly trying to think through, and I'm telling you, this could change some of your life. This could change some of your life. If you, if you struggle with control, always know, have a very crystal clear list. Ask God every single day, what's a list of things I can control and things I can't control? And let me tell you, on that list, you cannot control if bad days come. You cannot, but you can control. You can't control how you go through that bad day. So if you choose to build your house, your life on the rock, on Jesus, on who he is, his way of life, that your house will stand through the storms. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why your house will stand because it's the only thing in life that cannot be taken from you. If you think about it, everything in this world can be taken from you, everything. But nobody can take away your relationship with Jesus. 
Nobody. But if you build your house on sand, on anything else, your house will not stand through the storms because whatever that sand is, like whatever it is, even the good things, if it's relationships, if it's your marriage, kids, family, money, the business, possessions, your job, status, whatever it is, the sand can always be taken from you. So why would you not build your life on something that can't be taken from you? Why would you not build your life on the rock, on King Jesus? So what do we all have in common today? Every single one of us, we are all building a house. We will all go through storms and we will all experience those storms based on how we build our house. Now, let me tell you why I'm so passionate about this. Let me tell you why I speak with such conviction and urgency today. Because, because I've been through this stuff. See, this is deeply personal to me. In fact, I would say that if I could only speak one message the rest of my life, it would be this message. This is my family's life message because we have been through our share of storms and bad days. There's been times where I've been hurt and disappointed and rejected and betrayed. There's been times where I've been let down. There's been times where I got looked over and passed over. I've been to funerals of people that I deeply loved, that I felt were taken away way too soon. I know what it's like to get a phone call from my parents and on that phone call, they told me that they were getting a divorce. I know what it's like to get another phone call from an emergency room nurse that grabbed my dad's phone and gave me a call to tell me that my dad was being rushed into emergency surgery and that he was fighting for his life. See, I know what it's like to schedule a doctor's appointment and to sit across the desk from a doctor that just did tests on my son and then to be able to tell me and look me and my wife in the eyes and say that our son was diagnosed on the autism spectrum. I know what it's like to have one phone call, one meeting, one moment that I never saw coming and be face to face with the storm. Something I would never choose. Something that I would never want anybody to experience. And I know what that's like. That being a pastor, I'm telling you, that doesn't, that doesn't make me just like you. It doesn't make me not immune somehow to all those things. And I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have a diagnosis and to struggle with fear and doubt and insecurity. I know what it's like. I've been through my share of storms and bad days. And the truth is, guys, there are more coming. And I know it. But I'm telling you, every single time that a storm rolls into my life, I think about and I'm challenged by these words of Jesus in Matthew chapter seven. In fact, I wear a bracelet every single day. And this thing's hanging on by a thread. I've been wearing it for about 10 years. And it says, on the rock. And it's because I never know when the storm is gonna come. 
But this is a reminder every single day of how I need to be building my life. And let me just go ahead and just say this too, is that, yeah, I've been through some hard things, but I'm telling you, I can stand here with moral authority, look you in the eyes and say, I have learned that just because something is hard, it does not make it bad. I'm telling you, in fact, some of the best things in my life where I have grown the most, where I've gotten the most desperate and the most dependent upon God, where I have grown like never before has been through some of the hardest things in my life. Because in those moments, I'm telling you, I've experienced the promises that are found in this book. This is not just some old out of date history book. There's so many promises that actually apply to today. See, I've experienced in the middle of a storm peace that the Bible says passes my understanding. In other words, it's peace that doesn't even make sense. It's peace that you know that when I look at the forecast of my life, I should not have peace, but I do. See, I know what it's like to experience joy that the Bible says that cannot be taken from you, no matter what the circumstances of life are. I know what it's like to experience strength that is beyond you. See, I've experienced purpose right in the middle of my pain. And I've experienced what Hebrews chapter six calls a hope that is like an anchor for my soul. You know, when you need an anchor, during a storm. So when that storm comes, I'm telling you, you can still hold on to hope. Listen, church, I've experienced some real storms just like you but I can stand here and I know that I know that I know that my house will not fall because my house is built on the rock. So here's my big question for you. This Easter, this is the question that we all have to look in the spiritual mirror and to be able to answer today. What are you building your life on? Today, right here, right now, what are you building your life on? Are you building your life on the rock? Are you building your life on Jesus? Or are you building your life on sand? Anything else? In this Easter, my invitation is simple. My invitation is this. I invite you to build your life on the rock, on Jesus, on our resurrected King. I invite you to build your life on the only thing that cannot be taken from you. And so typically right here, I would ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and I'd lead you through a very intimate moment of response. But today, I wanna do something a little bit different. So I want you to quietly and reverently, I would love for you to pull out that connection card. I told you at the very end of the message, I would go to those last four boxes at the very bottom on the front page. And would you pull that out? Every single person in here, everybody pull this out. Again, if you didn't get one, or if you're watching online, you can go to the website queencitypeople.com slash connection card. And I've just got one more question for you. And that question is, where are you right now, today, Easter Sunday, 2023? Where are you on your spiritual journey? 
because all of us today are in one of four places. And here's what A stands for. A stands for, I've already built my life on Jesus. That's what I've done. I've already made that decision. I'm a Christian. I am currently following Jesus. And if that's where you are in your spiritual journey, we mark box A. But maybe you're here and you would check box B that says, today, today, I want to build my life on Jesus. I want to do that today. Whether that's for the very first time, maybe you've never made that decision or it's all over again. Maybe you did at one time, but maybe you were a kid and now you're far from God and today you need a fresh start. I just wanna invite you. I think people have been praying for you that, t- that today you would check B and say today, starting today, I build my life on the thing that cannot be taken from me. I build my life on Jesus, the rock. Or maybe you're here and you need to check box C. It says, I like to consider it a bit more first. I'm not there yet. And I want you to know we are so glad that you are here, that we actually started our church for people that are right where you are in your spiritual journey. We did not start our church just exclusively for church people, that we started a church where you can come and, and that you can belong before you believe, that you can belong before you behave a certain way, but where you can come and you can ask questions and seek God. And maybe one day you'll check B. But if you're here and that's you, go ahead and do that. And then last is D, says, I don't ever intend on making that decision. And I know that that's very strong language, but if that's you, we have the courage to just check that box and let us know. And like it or not, I'm going to be praying for you. But where are you on your spiritual journey? Would love for you to check A, B, C, or D. And when you finish checking those boxes, I want to ask you to bow your head and let me just pray for you. God, I thank you for today. Thank you for your word. I thank you, Jesus. You are the rock. You are a reliable rock that we can build our life on. And God, I just pray for all those that are making decisions right now. And if if you checked B, I just want you to pray this in your heart, right where you're at. Just say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you right now come live inside me change me and make me new. I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your fresh start. And in return, I give you my life. I surrender everything to you. And Jesus, today, I make the decision to build my life on you, to build my life on the rock. And for the rest of my life, I choose to follow you with everything that I have. We thank you so much today for King Jesus. And it's through him that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Now, um, I imagine with a room this size, there's many people that are here today, 
that I'm guessing that there was at least one person that checked B. And we believe that's the most important decision of your life. And if you were that person, let me know. I'm so proud of you. In fact, our church is celebrating with you, church. Can you clap your hands? Come on and celebrate with those that just made that decision. It's awesome. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.